G'day, guys. It is the coach. G'day, champions. I'm trying to rebrand. I'm trying to say champions. I'm like, g'day, champions. Uh, it's AOS Coach. I hope you are getting all of the blood tie. That was a really bad intro. I am here with Mark, the wild man beast, formerly of Bad Dice. Uh, you've seen him around the traps, but most importantly, the man knows his corn. Um, and I, I quickly switch hat. I don't know, Mark, I don't know if you noticed. I quickly switch hats. Yeah, I had my I, Nintendo I, I hat on. The other one, actually, the, the Nintendo one. I thought we were going very nerdy with my Pikachu T-shirt. And you went Nintendo. I thought we were matching, but you. Well, I thought down. I thought it's a play on word because one of my favourite bands is Corn. Um, but but we're talking Blades of Corn. We I was really curious because I wanted to talk to Mark because Mark. Um, so I've I've had a few people. You know, I've had um, Pat Nevin. I've had Matt Campbell talk about Corn, and I wanted another opinion on how you get mo the most out of Corn. And Mark has uh, a very good track record. You, what'd you do? You went uh, ninth at Bobo. You've done sixth at South Coast GT. Obviously conscious that UK has been in lockdown for some time now. So uh, it's not like you've been winning a whole bunch of GTs in the last 12 months. But, winning you know, like I was winning, winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, you know. But I, I, want, I want to know how you're thinking about corn. I think the meta has changed a lot. And I, mm. the last time I played Matt Campbell with corn, um, magic dominance was starting to, to come back. You know, you know, Nagash was starting to get out the machine gun again. Um, Hello Heart was kind of on the up. Mm -hmm. Since then and since lockdown, we've had Techless, we've had New Zench, we've had um, Lumineth. There's so much that's kind of happened that I feel like um, it's, it might be a really good time for Corn. But before we get into that, Mark, g'day, welcome, introduce yourself, other than being the boost man. My, God, how do you introduce yourself? I don't know. I've, I've had so many different incarnations of it starting off in Bad Dice, which people don't know about anymore. That's, that's just that's just a, oh, do you know about Bad Dice? Not many people. I think I people just know Bad Dice and the terrain and scenery dice at the moment. Ben, you got to get back on the streaming, buddy. I tried. Maybe. I tried to get him in to, to, to be one of my guests, but he's all being a, a super successful businessman. Yeah, no, he's he's all he's he's the electrician company now. It's too busy for us now, us us gamer nerds. <laughs> God, yeah, I've I've been what well, I've been doing. Seventh edition, I started playing, doing tournaments, a bit of bad dice. Um, when that used to before all these like yourself doing podcasts on YouTube, stuff like that. We were we were way before the time of money making it is now. I mean, we were too early. And, you know, you see you likes of like tabletop tactics and titans doing all these YouTube earning thousands, you know. We're just, we're just rolling in bank. Like, you know, you, like uh, one day I'll do like a, uh, what was that show called? You know, like MTV does, like Cribs. Like I'll do Cribs, man. And then they're like, you know, it looks like I've got a humble setting here, but I've got boats and mansions. And um, yeah. like, this is just like my, like my small studio that, you know, detaches to my, my, my massive mansion. God, it's, it's, God, it's such a strange, strange sort of watching, sitting back and watching the the, the scenery change of wargaming online, and and how this isn't Games Workshop never used to have an online presence, and, and we used to sort of beat the drum at Games Workshop saying you need it, you need it, and they never did it, and obviously things changed, but yeah, so yeah, it's, it's and and I think I've sort of not got bored of it. That's the wrong word, but we, we did it fortnightly. Like, like, like we did. I did about sixty episodes fortnightly, 
um, which is a lot of years doing it. And, and uh, you know, we all got a bit older and a bit fatter and children and it, everything just got And it's so much, only so much you can do before you start. But, you know, the, the game has changed, the size of it's changed nowadays. So, you know, do I miss it? Yeah, I do. Do I miss the, the, the commitment to really put on a show? I mean, these people that make a job out of it, they are eat, breathing, living it, doing it constant. And it's, that that is just too much for me now. But as, as still enjoy playing the game competitively, going to tournaments, the social side of it, that's all super important. And uh, yeah, yeah. But I still like whenever I play games, I'm always like, OK, I, I want to take a different list. I kind of want to take something a bit sillier, but at the same time, if I take something too stupid, I'll be on the bottom tables at an event and kind of don't enjoy that area of an event. I, I like to be competing at the top, but doing it in a sporty way, sort of way. So, you know, talking about building lists as you want to do in your show, it's that's really key. And the lead up to that event, I think, is really important. No, it's awesome. And it's, it's interesting because as well, because Mark, I wanted to talk to Mark as well, because uh, one, not only, a, a, you know, a good man, I got to meet at Blood and Glory all those years ago. But, um, but you've seen the changes through the game. You were a fantasy battles player. You've seen the early Sigma. You're still playing today. So you've kind of seen the evolution and how, you know, you see peaks and troughs and it's usually through the opportunities to go right, you know. And, and I had this challenge with Russ Veal where, you know, what people are doing with like the Slanesh book is they're grabbing um, a list that they had previously and trying to force it into a meta or force it into a book update and expecting the same results. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where this show is going to come into play, where to go, right, Corn. Um, Corn has got some new opportunities. I love Flesh Hounds, for example. I think there's a real opportunity for Slesh Hounds or Gore Pilgrims. There's a lot of cool things that are very anti-magic that would work really well and be a real pain in the ass for those techless and friends. And mm -hmm. so we will talk lists, and uh, it's great to have, have you on the, on the channel. And, again, um, shout-out to Poet as well for the, the donation. Much appreciated, my friend. Uh, and Nikos um, asking who this joker is. Uh, what a jerk. I, I mean, I would just block him from the channel if I were you. <laughs> I'll get the view, then I'll block him later. <laughs> Before we get into the into the rules and the lists, I want to I want to understand like why Corn of all the Chaos Gods, what drew you to this particular faction, and what have you enjoyed, and what's made you continue playing the army compared to picking up one of the new the new hotness. Um. So I'm going to, you've already mentioned him. I'm going to go back, Russville. Um, back, talking about seeing the game through the times, I played Russ at a Sheffield Slaughter event. I can't remember when. He brought corn and I had elves. And I think it was AOS 1. Um, and it was not this book, Glaze Corn book. It was another one, the one before it. And I, he literally had this like MSU type army and he literally ran at me turn one and he had all these options, loads of different threats. And I looked at the army, I was like, this looks really fun. Just a real combat, you know, you're not sitting in the back shooting somebody, but there's this thought behind it as well. So it's not just i I'm going to get my big block and move it forward. There was lots of thought around where he was positioning characters, where he was putting like counter punches, counter charges, scoring units, things like that. So I just really enjoyed the the, 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 the that. And, and, and at that point, I was like, I want to get this army. When you play against somebody. Um, 
and the longevity, I think the longevity of the army for me, I don't know why, I think everyone links to an army well, don't they? And it's all down to individual personality. But I, I can't really explain why. I think I think it's because of the, the speed of the army. I, I really enjoy all this possibility of speed and how you can enjoy playing the game on the board. That not really making myself much sense there, but sometimes you can get an army where you sit around your belly and your cannons sit around there and you don't really move and you just shoot your opponents. Whereas I just felt really enjoyment with Corn, where you're like, okay, these are moving around here. I'm whipping this dude here to go a little bit further, you know, all these little different aspects. So that, that there was, and, and, and then with the new book, there was the priest, the prayers. So you have your magic, your version of magic. So you also had that. Do you lack a bit of shooting? Yes. Did that matter? No, because I think you won games by being in people's grill and fighting. So I, I think I could take that hit. But I Corn, Corn would be really weird if it was a shooting army. Like if it had like Bliss Barb Archer style, I'm like, uh, unless yeah. it was super Corn, I don't know. Like that would feel weird to me. I mean, they've got the, the skull cannons and the, the, they just, oh, they just seemed a bit shoehorned in, didn't they? I didn't, I didn't, I don't get that. I kind of like the idea of some kind of thing allowing them to shoot or compete, but actually I would prefer, I would prefer, you know, with new books coming on, I would prefer more focus on being hitting a bit harder in combat. I think that's just a bit more enjoyable. But when I used to play like seventh and eighth edition, I would be really scrappy with armies. I'd literally have one event for it, one army for an event. I go, I'm a bit bored of that. I want this event. I want this and this one. And, and I literally, I, I was a bit sort of ADHD with my army styles and corn. I don't know why. As soon as I, and, and, and there's, there's, a, there's a degree of sort of like planning your list and designing your list. And I had a lot of fun doing that and a big learning curve uh, doing that, which I can talk about later. But I played, I think, solidly for sort of 18 months at tournaments. And and for me, that 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 staying power was not was really rare for me. So so for me to stick with an army solidly was crazy. Um it's not out of character. So I don't know why. It just it just linked in with me really well. No, um, I dig it. I I love red, so I'm always a big fan. Although at Blood and Glory, I remember seeing someone with the blue blood letter list when there was the old murder host. Um and and, yeah. and they look really cool as well, like icy icy um, blood letters. So don't don't let the colours don't let the colour scheme lock you in. Like I, I really like that. But it looked really nice. Um, well, mine's yellow, yellow and black. Yeah, okay. You're not. You probably not see all, all my, my my theme for because I've got zinch zinch demons and corn demons, and I was going to start doing Nurgle, but it's literally like the inside of the model is black and the outside's yellow, and they've got like stippy effects black and yellow so it's a complete contrast of color so literally my my my, my whole army is completely, completely uh, awesome <laughs> look, look basically you don't have to go red like obviously red is uh is corn uh but don't limit it to you it could be a demon from uh, a part of the realm and it's adapted or whatever it might be but i really like it i love bloodthirsters um that's that's probably my Timmy moment, um, and I'm starting to become more a Timmy actually. Like, uh, <laughs> I've got Gargant. I've just bought double of the uh, the the Lizard Men Celestial Stampedes. It's going to be Stegodons and and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah so the idea that. of having like just Bloodthirsters and and Doggos and things like that, like you know Tyrants of Blood, um, or even like I, I think I just think they're really cool. I mean, um, I mean that so, made it work, didn't it? The Tyrants of Blood because the, the 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 stats of a bloodthirst are, are a bit aren't they they're a bit like okay you're meant to be like the incarnate of like destruction 
I'm, I'm just going to miss four times because I'm hitting you on fours. Oh, that's it. All right, okay. But the the you know the that that Italian kind of made it work, didn't it? It did. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, I'm going to stop dancing around the rules, and I want to get your perspective of how you look at the allegiance, right? Because you are a seasoned veteran. You're very experienced with this. And I'm picking this up for the first time and, you know, I'm looking through my book and I go, right, every time I kill a unit or a unit dies on the table, I get something called blood tie. And at one point uh, during the battle or multiple times during the battle, I can spend those points and do things. Yeah. Cool. Intellectually, I get that. That's the big thing for corn. Yes, you get the Locust of Fury. Yes, you've got the Wrath of the Everchosen and other things you can do, but but the big the big thing that corn brings to the table other than the units and the synergies and the battalions and all that good stuff is blood tie. Yeah. So so as a as a as a seasoned veteran for someone who has been on top tables who have has has almost won GTs and things like that how do you look at blood tie how does it impact your list building um like what are some of the thoughts that come through your mind that maybe you'd tell me as a as an aspiring corn player? Um I think I would start off with the fact it, it's a bit of a Swiss Army knife ability, and and people look at those. I mean, me personally, I I use it more for summoning, um, but it, it it just allows you to go. Okay, this is a situation I'm I'm in, um, and, and really sort of good examples is like I need a command point, like just number one off the bat there. You know, you spend one blood type, blood type point, you get a command point. And, and that could be the difference between winning or losing a game um, in, in certain situations where you need that command point. But it's just there's so many, like, so many um, different options with it. You, you kind of can't go wrong. And I, I think there's there's issues with it in the sense of, you know, power creep of newer books and other books can do better things. And so, there's, you know, putting that to one side, um, I just think it allows you to respond to different scenarios. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest joys of the book. So not only have you got that rewards table, you've got the summoning. So you can go, right, I can summon stuff if I need to. But actually, you know, if if, if, if I want to pile in attack again, I can. Um, and, and again, that, you know, or, or I want to, you know, make a normal move with something to capture an objective. You've just got all of these different abilities which you've got to keep in the back of your head. Like you could be, you could be like, you know, I'm, I'm at the wrong side of the board, but I need to move 12 inches that way. I've got a tool for that. I can do that. Or I want to summon stuff. I need to use some of the unit there to get over there. So I just think that that is the, the key point is that they're so flexible to use in so many different scenarios in the game. So it's to pinpoint exactly how you would use it. It's really dependent on the scenario you're in the moment you're in, in that particular game. Talk to me about the list building part, though, because you're right. Like, like you're 100 percent correct. Um, what what I haven't got on the table here, folks, is that there are two blood type tables. The first one is a set of abilities. So you can see here on the on the screen. Um, if I spend one blood tie, I can get myself a command point. If I spend two blood tie, I can make a um, uh, I can dispel automatically a spell that was cast. So my I can stop my opponent from casting a spell. If I spell, you know, uh, if I spend six points until the next hero phase, um, each time a friendly corn model is slain, you know, there's a pile in an attack move. So there's a whole bunch of abilities that I can throw down. 
But then on the other side, there is another table on the on the next page, which allows me to spend spend my blood type points to bring in bodies. Uh, for two points, I could bring in five blood letters. For fifteen points, I bring in six. Uh, fifteen blood letters. Uh, for eight points, I could bring in uh, a one of the three bloodthirsters. You know, there's a whole there's most of your demons, if not all of your demons, are available for summon. Mm, mm, mm. So you've got two tables, and I think what Mark's saying here, the ultimate flexibility is depending on the scenario, depending on the battle plan, depending on the opponent, depending on the round, depending on like what's on the table, probably like a very good chess player, you don't have three things that you're going to do this time. It's like, right, I'm always going to do these three things. Actually, I'm against the Magic Army, so these are the five things that I think might work really well. Yeah. Uh, flesh hounds, unbinding spells, I'm against... Um, you know, you know what I mean. So, like, I think that's a really good. It's just, call it's just, it's, that's right. A Swiss Army knife ability. You know, if you there's some armies be like, oh, I'm I'm playing against shooting army. They're just going to destroy me. But here, you you've got like, okay, I've got an ability to move twelve inches, um, or or do you know what I mean? Or 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 or, or summon something within nine inches, or something like that. Do you know, it's just that Swiss Army knife ability. Whether or not it matches in the current meta. Is is an is a is a completely separate thing, um, but it's still something for you to be able to respond to a, a dynamic situation. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I like it, and and you know, like power creeps and all those things. We're not talking about that. We're talking yeah. about how we get the most out of this book, and you know, what what happens outside of this book is outside of our control. All we can do is what we can do with this particular book. But talk to me about blood tie in your list building. Does it mean that you? take multiple small units to kind of increase your chances because back in the day, like back when people very first started playing corn, I remember seeing lots and lots of big blocks of 30 blood letters. And probably in the last two to three years, I haven't seen those big blocks anymore. It's always been the the multiple small units of mm -hmm. 10 or, or units of five dog doggos. Is it, is it now rewarding you to build smaller units to increase the chances of blood tie? Or, you know, do you see benefit in taking big blocks of 30 so you can murderite your opponent and worry less about your own blood tie? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's you're right in that. I mean, for me personally, I'm very much a, I, I don't I don't like to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, so when I write a list and think of this, I, I think to myself, well, I want a bunch of small units um, to generate me blood tie points to control board space um uh or just to get in the way um I, they're my sort of main go-to points but I, I then want something that is a bigger hitter uh, so i generally don't go for like oh, i've got four big hitters and that's it or i've got full chaff and that's it i, I when i look at this my, my I, I have tried where i've just gone msu um uh, just to generate blood type points and my my thoughts when i've done that it's fun and it's good but because when you spend the blood tide, the one point we're not part of is when you spend your blood tide points. If, if so, like I've got eight and I want to spend four, I lose all eight. So it's, it's, it's this restricting factor of it. Um, so I, I would always go middle of the road. I was like, I've got a bunch of chaff. I've got a bunch of models that are essentially my blood tide generating points, like, you know, blood reavers or something like that. Um, but then I'm like, I've got these big heavy hitter units who can then seek benefit for those blood type points. My experience when I've tried just pure MSU, the MSU is okay, 
and engaging and fun but sometimes you need and especially in aos you need sometimes that unit which just goes that just kills the urine you know kills you in the gas in one turn or, or whatever it might be they need that and, and sometimes i just feel my, my my experience is that actually if you have units which create the blood type points then to make the rest of your army better that's one way of doing it and that's what i quite enjoy and especially like the list we'll see in a bit is very much like lots of crap units dealing with uh, generate blood type points then to essentially empower the blood letters or archeon or move stuff or something or whatever so yeah it's how i think it's looking at best how you utilize uh, the blood type points with what you've already got as well because you could just generate loads of blood type points and actually if it's just to summon a bloodthirster if you want to play like that knock yourself out you know some people just play i just want to summon blood, as many bloodthirsters in a battle as i can and that's it and that's great if people want to play like that but if you're trying to do competitively you know i think that's probably not going to work because you're going to lose too much just to get your bloodthirster you've got to seesaw it it was a very similar conversation i had with the slanesh show is like if you focus too heavily on depravity you're going to lose the objective you know um you know if you take a lot of archers in in slanesh i know this is not the slanesh show guys but I'm, it's as an example you know if i take too many archers and I, I split my attacks too often just to generate depravity you're going to lose on the objective. You're not going to be able to do enough damage to actually win the game. And then your opponent is going to pwn you and then summoning all you want is not going to help you. And I think to the, this point, think about how you're going to generate your, your depravity, how you're going to, what you really need it for. And it might be, and then we're going to go through Mark's list so we can kind of put this into all into practice, but it might have a couple of small, you know, MSU or multiple small units to start off the depravity but maybe not going all in and just like all of my things are just small units. You need those hard hitters to kill, to yeah, yeah. take down your opponent. They don't achieve anything at the end of the day, do they? Like your MSU just, yeah, it's nice, but do they, do they win you the game? Well, they're not going to hold an objective, right? Yeah. You might summon them on the board for a turn and, and cap an objective, but are you going to be able to retain it? Well, no, because there's yeah, probably like what, 10 wounds, 20 wounds at most on a yeah. summoned unit. So, yeah. um, just, just keep that in mind. Like, don't go too heavy on it. But one of the other things you're going to get is your um, your terrain piece. It's it's something that um, it's an interesting one. I, I obviously it's free, right? Like, it cost me nothing to take. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I, I feel like it's one of the least impactful ones. Like, when I compare it to other terrain pieces, I'm like, eh, what's your take? Is it that I'm? I think I disagree with you. Um, I, I think the, the the witchbane element, the subtraction minus one for wizards. Yes, that that's that is. I would say, yeah. If that wasn't there, I wouldn't even care. Just purely because wizards, you know, the way the game works is that wizards can just stay out of eighteen. You know, it may it may come into play a little bit, but if I think back all my games, like, did I ever use? very rarely is it something that comes past now word of hate rerolling prayers did i use that every game yes i did and 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 that just yeah i think it's really good you know just because it games win on rerolls again i'm gonna I, i'm gonna bash it i'm gonna like be bo a bit boring arc in my base days back to seventh and eighth edition the strongest armies back then and, and ben curry there we go it, 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 it'll be here in spirit Dark, dark, El dark elves had re-rolls. High elves had re-rolls. The game was run on re-rolls. 
um, it just brings that level of security to your build list. And some of those uh, slaughter priest prayers, are, uh, you know, getting getting plus one armor save on a unit is is, is game winning in certain situations. Like I tried, um, I did try around with I think. Was it 30 Blood Warriors? Can you do 30 or was it 20? I can't. Such a long while ago. I can't remember what they max unit size is. I think it might I'll be. I'll find out. Give me, give, me give me 10 seconds. Keep talking. Um, and, and, and it's like um, uh, trying to get plus one armor save on those guys. So they've got a three up armor save um, on a big block. Like the, 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 the returns and the gains you get on a unit that size with three up armor save is just rubbing your hands together. So to be able to re roll that foul prayer on a four plus. It's just like the, the, the success of it going off is amazing. So I, personally, I think, you know, you're limited size-wise and you've got to work it. But, you know, that rerolling prayers is amazing. It is, is amazing. Rerolling prayers are great. And, and, you know, let me clarify my point. My point was that it's not useful. I'm not saying that it's it's rubbish and don't bother mm, taking mm, it. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, like when I, when I think about things like the Fane, right, I can summon from the Fane. When I think about the Loon Shrine, I return back goblins from the Loon Shrine. You know, there's certain things well, so that compa these... Comparatively, comparing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, even like the Charnel Throne from Flesh Eater Courts, I can, I can, you know, summon without a CP. But you're you right, can, again, in the current meta... Skeletor. Pardon? You can summon from the skull oh, can you? Mm. Uh, in the in the uh, in the awesome. summon the blood tide summon bit. All right, I'm pretty I trust sure. You. I, well, I trust. You. I don't know if I trust myself now. I've said it. Hang on. But but either way, like while you look at that in the current meta, yeah. right? You know, which bane? First off, it's hard enough to get some of the spells off right now, right? But even subtracting one for for wizards uh, is a pain in the butt. So. For any of those wizards that are getting in the middle of the table or trying to get around you, I mean, it's not going to affect Croak who's sitting at the back of the board ignoring you. But I mean, how many wizards get that close to you? That's the, you know, that's what that's why I'm just like I don't I don't think on paper I think it's great. Uh, Sixteen inches, I I, I, I you can, a, a decent player can manage it. Sure, yeah. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, like, combat wizards as well, right? You know, we've got Soul Blight coming back, so there's going to be probably a whole bunch of vampire lords on the mid dragons, yeah. Neferatus. So those types of creatures who are monster summon, you know, wizards as well. Um, but I think for anyone who's looking at things like Gore Pilgrims, the the, the real mortal-focused, um, uh, priest-heavy, I think people have forgotten how good the Gore Pilgrims were. I th like, that. They were a bane of existence for some time. They, yeah, you know, and and I think to to I can't remember who called it out in the chat. Prayers right now don't have counterplay. If if I come up against you as a with all the prayers, I can't do anything. Yeah, can't I can't it. take a priest myself to try to unbind your prayer. It's like it, it happens or it doesn't happen. Um, and, it's, and also the priests they can do their own prayer and then they can do um, the the endless spell prayer, whatever they're called, judgment. The judgments, yeah, 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 yeah. So you can, you can, you know, that, and and the certain judgments on a five plus, aren't they? Like the axe on a five plus, and it's just, you know, in a normal game, you might you might cast it twice, but with the reroll, three, maybe four times in the game. So you know, it, you know, it's interesting how a really subtle ability can be so good. Is you know, you're right. If you're going to compare it to other things. Maybe, maybe you know, it needs a bit more of a buff somewhere along the lines. I don't know if demons is like half half blood blood type. You know, just little extra bits like you know, if you summon from it, it's like half blood type points or something like that. You know, it, it feels like it needs a little bit more. 
but I, I yeah, I, I would still stand by the the, the rerolls. Is oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, subtly strong. But if you if you're going to take priest, you know, really thinking about how you might be able to combine this, or maybe incentivize you to take a priest, or at least deploy your priests on or around um, to to tap into the word of hate. And mm. I think the witch bane summon um, could be quite interesting, especially. Um, especially in maybe the meta we're moving towards. But I just wanted to take on um, on the terrain piece. I think it's because it's always an interesting one, right? Like where do I put my terrain piece? How do I make the most? It's always a question that people, you kind of learn over time. And like every battle, every battle you're one shot to put the terrain piece down. So yeah. um, how do I think about it? How do I like Actually, you deploy it in your half, not your territory as well. Yeah, it's wholly within your territory. So, yeah, yeah. so you um, can get it into people's grill, can't you? Yeah. Yeah, so it means you can be a lot more aggressive with it. Um, but then the challenge will be is, you know, if you try to summon from it, um, if you've got to keep away from nine inches or whatever it might be. I know a lot of uh, – I don't, I don't know if this piece particular has it, but, you know, like just trying to keep it away from your opponent. Um, yeah, yeah. It's always that – that fine balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right. So for list number one, I'm just going to timestamp this 28 minutes. Um, so list number one, you're going to talk us through two particular lists um, and you've, you've created a bit of diversity for us. And I know a lot of people in the chat already have been asking about the big bad himself, uh, the ever chosen Archeon. Mm. Is he going to feature? And someone, I think someone mentioned is corn the home of Archeon. So, We'll find out what you're thinking in a minute. But in the meantime, list number one is focused on the Reapers of Vengeance. You get yourself four things. You get your Devourer of the Craven. You're going to get yourself the Mage Eater Command Trait. You're going to get yourself the Leave None Alive Command Ability. And you get the Skull Shard Mantle Artifact, uh, which must be given to the first um, the first hero. So you can't get around this one. Are all four of these things useful? Are some of these things taxes? Are these things things you build around, um, or is it? Are you taking a reapers for maybe one of these things and really like double down, maximize? Like why? Why reapers? I think with reapers you take all four and you have all four with joy. <laughs> they are every single one I've used. The least, the least um, useful one, and I wouldn't even say it's least useful is the the abilities, the D three models flee with with you know if you're using Archeon. Um, and also, I think demon units they do minus one extra flea. I'm, I think I'm crossing with the, ban with the banner. Yeah, I, I, I get mixed up sometimes. But even so, that would be the least. Even so, that is still you know you, you play against you play against the likes of like um, Ibnef and they one flees and then D three gone, bond the unit's gone. Little things like that. So out of the three, that's the worst, but it's something I still used all the time. And so, you know, these, these Reapers, I mean, they are the, you know, the standout winners, um, uh, especially sort of, you know, two years ago, I'm talking about, you know, as the meta changes, maybe that's not the case. All of them I would use. Um, the command trait, again, in the current meta of lots of spells, that is a scary impact. Like your wizards just killing a wizard. And it's it's exciting. One of the things that I, I probably haven't mentioned actually when you're playing corn is the exciting elements of of like when you're on an eight and, you, and you're like picking up the dice and you're like, is it going to be an eight? We don't know. And it's just it adds that level of excitement to the game, isn't it? And like it, it doesn't happen very often. 
Well, 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 well. I, I got to play Doom and Darkness uh, two years ago uh, with my gits, and he threw the Hex Gorgeous Skulls at me. And um, in one magic phase, I rolled two natural eights and popped basically all of my four wound here at Wizards. So um, eight, eight, eights happen. It's almost like a tattoo you need. Like eights happen because they do uh, more yeah, than you yeah. think. I'd love to know what the actual average is of it happening. What the percentage is of eight I mean, Two dice. Yeah, like I don't. I mean, you know, I think I think a, a, an average roll of a two d six is a seven. So uh, it can't be. I can't be too far off fifty percent no, somewhere. No. But which um, doesn't it? That's that, that's that's what I. I think that's another reason why I love the corn so much is little things like that and it enables that. Yeah. So yeah, that is the, the command trait is super good because it's just that it's just that threat um, and it's an additional dispel. Um, you know that you know I, I usually put it on a. Bloodthirster, that's always a good way of doing it. Skull Shard Mantle, again, it, it's a two up, ignore the spell. It's not like oh, I'll do D3 wounds and I get a two up save, it's any spell. So the, the artifact, again, is super strong. Um, you know, when I was playing Corn, uh, Skaven were hot off the press. And, and when you when you just have the likes of Warp Lightning apps ruining your day, two up, gone, ignored, you know, it, it, it's just so strong. Um, uh, for that one, you know, the way I use it is that it's just that one character you want to protect. Um, and and I'll, I'll talk to you about my, my list that I've enjoyed most of them, why I put him on a certain person. Um, and then the command ability, again, can't go wrong with try to fight, try to fight him twice, can you? It's just... I think for me, some of, the call out out. I, some of the call-outs that I would make with Reapers of Vengeance is... With the Devour, the Craven, I think one thing as an opponent, when I look at that or I think about that, I might, you know, you might attack one of my um, my important units, right? And normally I'd be quite confident, you know, for every 10 I'd get an extra bravery. My banner might give me a bravery. Um, mm -hmm. With some of the abilities, certain certain units will force me to reroll my battle shock. Um, but all of a sudden the risk of losing D3 models, especially if I'm running something with multi wounds, four wounds, five wounds, my gargants have 12 wounds. If I lose one gargant and I fail a battle shock, that's an extra 12 wounds, wounds running off the table. I can't afford that. So it might force me to spend a command point, a resource that I didn't want to spend yeah, that totally. as I, I just, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk it. So boom, you're drawing CP out of me where I didn't really want to do it. I, I again, I think, like, like I say, I, although I say it's the worst, I, I still think it's a super good ability. And so it's interesting you say, like, oh, is there any tax here? Like you look at, a, and, and, and I don't like that. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want that to be a mechanic in the game where you get your 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 set of whatever it may be, hosts or whatever it is, and there's a tax. I'd want to go. I want to all use four of these. Um, I understand why somebody might say there's a tax, but I just, you know, it's some, some of the armies that I run, like the artifact is like a, it's not the thing that I really want. Like, you know, perfect example is my squeak battalion, like the new white dwarf squeak battalion. The artifact is not nearly as good as like the clammy cow or things like I, I, I really want to take. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is not the squeak show. I think I really like, you know, the, the, the anti-magic type of stuff, um, you know, being able to, you know, if you really desperate, you need a command point, you're going to be able to, you, you know, spend one blood tie to get yourself a, a CP. And, you know, if you need to, to double pile in and you don't have the opportunity, you know, you've got those resources at your table. So uh, there is a reason why Reapers is certainly very valuable. Again, it's, um, it's kind of that Swiss army knife again element. You've got the ability to make more models go. 
uh, when you, you so you put them on the back foot more. You've got the spells and you've also got the fighting. So essentially, you're doubling down on what you can already do. So it's you know it's it's very corny, isn't it? You know, it's so corny. It's so corny. And Skull Shard Battle just takes me back to to the old Warhammer fantasy battles of the Collar of Corn, where there's yeah. like, I don't care about magic. Like, I'm corn. I, I don't care. Reckless, yeah, um, yeah. you know, your, your, your little uh, lady with her feet on a rock, you want to start throwing things out of a um, number spell portal? Cool, on a 2 plus, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, totally. List one. So this is the Reapers of Vengeance list. And fun story, guys, the other list that we're going to go through isn't Reapers of Vengeance. So we're going to bring in a different set of ideas. So yeah, the I Reapers think, of I don't want to talk about Reapers of Vengeance because it's like I think people know Reapers of Vengeance is super strong. So there's no point there's no point just cracking the whip. But the reason I brought this one to the table is this is this is what I enjoyed the most. My sort of tried and tested list um that i i worked at really hard and, and and kudos to dan bradshaw um who i did a lot of a lot of play testing about this because i really when the new corn book came out i really wanted to do corn and we must have played 10 15 games before i got to this point um and and it, it kind of didn't change i mean i i play, i i was this with the old archeon so this is with the new archeon when I first played with this, the old Archeon was 600 points. So the old Archeon, I had more, I think I had the Skulls, the Hex score of Skulls, and I think I had Geminids as well. Um, and I think I had um, some more Blood Readers, I think, actually. Uh, so Archeon made this list a bit smaller, but Archeon was clearly much better and did a lot more of the heavy lifting. So it just balanced itself out in a different way. All right, so for, for people who are listening to the podcast or maybe they can't see the screen, I'll just read out what you what's in the list and then put some of the list sides that we've just talked about into practice. So we are Corn, we are Reapers of Vengeance. You've got yourself the big bad himself, Archeon the Everchosen, supported by a blood a slaughter priest with the uh, bronze flesh. You've got your blood stoker with the skull shard mantle, which we have to take. We have a blood secretor. We've also got a Bloodthirster of, of Unfeathered Fury, which has the Mage Eater command trait and the Crimson Crown. In addition, you've got your 30 Blood Letters, 10 Blood Reavers, 10 Blood Reavers, 10 Blood Reavers. All three of the Blood Reavers have the Reaver Axes wrapped up in the Dark Feast Battalion, coming in at 1990 with one CP, no allies, and 110 wounds. Talk to me through, because I look at this uh, initially and I go, whew, that's a lot of points in Heroes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Especially with Archeon, right? Normally you see Archeon maybe with one or two other heroes and then the rest of your points with bodies. Yeah. Um, talk to me through some of the logic and some of the discussion. I'm already seeing people going, they're loving this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, yeah, people have seen it. And I, I th this is the list I ran for 18 months uh, and I loved it um, uh, just because of the flexibility. And I think... I think it's the synergies that I'll go through, um, so which are really key. So if we put blood tides just one point down for a minute, because that's really variable about how you use that. So with Archeon, Arche Archeon made this list work. So when I was making my corn list, when I was developing it, I really went for uh, a bit of MSUE with a big hard hitting unit. And I was just playing skate against Skaven and some shooting armies. And I was just losing. It didn't have it didn't have the speed or the threat 
that I would have wanted Corn to have had. Um, it in, in, in didn't have enough bodies on the board just to go, right, there's too many threats for you to deal with. It just wasn't working. And then one day I was just like, what things could I get with Archeon? What, what does he bring to the table? Does he bring enough? And then it just started building and, you know, the pieces came together and I was just like, oh, he can do this and this and this. Oh, and that. And so Archeon is key to this. And, and he has to be because he's 800 points. He's half your army. So he has to do the heavy lifting. Without the buffs he gets, is he enough? No, is the answer. It's the buffs and everything else around him and the synergies which make him work. Um, so, you know, little things to add. You know, the blood's great, giving him plus one attack. You know, you're instantly going from four attacks from to five attacks on his sword, uh, which then just, you know, that's just, you know, increasing the chances to kill something. Um, the Bloodstoker, rerolling to wound is key here. Um, so, again, the synergies of the Bloodstoker being a little 80-point model, whipping Archeon. Forward, master! <laughs> I mean, what, that's a what, a, what, a, what an imagination. is like, uh, I always had issues with the with the whippy boy trying to have a crack at a Bloodthirster, like telling a Bloodthirster to move forward. Uh, let well, alone he had balls of steel mate whipping Archeon <laughs> but um, Archeon is such a like like it's interesting I, I, I really wanted to unpack the synergy and thank you for getting to that already because when you look at Archeon he's such a, a dense war scroll he has so many keywords it's not funny yeah. let alone so many abilities and so many things you just like how do I make the most of this war scroll? So getting the plus one attack is going to be great. And then, as you said, you combine it with a Slayer of Kings. And then in addition, you've got your blood tie. So like we like already adding plus one attack is sweet. Then you've got all the blood tie stuff. Sorry, continue. And then you obviously yeah, can so, re-roll, so there's, re-roll there's to wound. Yeah, yeah. So so there's something else we've not even mentioned. In fact, it's demon. So get the re-roll ones to hit. Being corn. So he's, going back to re-rolls, okay. Um, so re-roll ones to hit already, plus one attack from the Secreia, re-rolling wounds from the Stoker. Um, the one thing, he is a bit fragile. He's got 20 wounds and a three-up save. However, that still isn't enough to go, I'm just going to throw myself forward um, here. And this is where the rest of the list comes in. Um, so you've got the, you've got the, the Slaughter Priest to give him the two-up save. Um, and that, and that again, it can be game changing. You know, Archeon for a two up save fighting a horde that just do loads of like no rend. Even on a three up save, they're gonna start chipping away at him. Chip away at him, he will get taken down eventually. As soon as he's got that two up save, you know, he, he, he's a he's a tank, so he's really you know it's, it's just doubling down on that. Um. So then, the reason why the Stoker has the Skull Shard Mantle is is really key that he can't be sniped out with magic he's got five wounds pretty easy to snipe him out with whatever you know anything can really snipe him out long range portals whatever so having him that just makes him durable and then you can hide him physically hide him so he can't get shot um uh, so he is key because whipping archeon for your wounds to wounds is so important but obviously making him run and charge is key because the bloodthirster is also key um, <laughs> to 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 for, for the sort of synergies to work, but they don't just work with. I think, just point out that these synergies don't just work with Archeon, um, you know. And that's where I go. I'm putting all my eggs into one basket. It sounds like I am, but I'm not, because 
you know, the, the bloodthirster can work on the blood letters and anything you want to summon. The stoker can stoke the blood letters, you know, or is it mortal now? I can't quite remember actually. But there's, you know, so everything sort of buffs everything, but it also buffs Archeon. So the, the, the bloodthirster and the, the whippy dude essentially create this threat range from Archeon, which doesn't require charge dice. And I know, I know people say people get annoyed at Zinch, not wrong with dice, but Archeon. Archeon having a threat range of what did he fourteen inch move? Uh, um, yeah, he starts off without without taking any wounds. He starts off as and then and then, and then the, the, the Stoker gives the run and charge, so you get you 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 get the ability to obviously with command point you can go with Archeon. He goes six. Yeah, and, and obviously Archeon gets yourself as long as Archeon's on the table, he gets he a, a free command point at the start of the every hero or at start of the hero phase, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. so you automatically guaranteeing yourself guaranteeing yourself a six inch uh, run. Yeah. And but still having CP in the bank for your double pile ins, your other re rolls yeah. and things like that. But it's the the Stoker being able to go an extra three inch to your run roll. Um. So that's key. That 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 that's what what this what the additional synergy there is. The bloodthirster of fury then going. Okay, you can pile in six inches. So, yes. so that's why you're running. So so you're not technically running and charging. You're running, but then when you get into combat, you're going. I'm piling in, and you're so quick. So you're fourteen. You're fourteen plus a d six plus three. So you know your minimum is nineteen inch move. Then with a pile in move. So his threat range is just like I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna go practically anywhere I want. Downside, big base, have to manage that. That's one thing to really your key, so people can control it. So you have to bear that in mind. But the Crimson Crown to let the it's a free command point per battle round um, allows the Bloodthirster to I think it's all all demons within sixteen inches to pile in six inches and fight. Um, so it's the sixteenth pile. Yes, it's, yeah, it's de it is demon focused, so it's not yeah. mortal. Not yeah. there's a lot of mortals that you want to be able to pile in six, but um, no, yeah, no. very demon it's, focused. But it's also free. So when you're talking about you know, your command points, your generations, you get your free one from Archeon. Um, you, um, not from Archeon, from yeah, from the battalion. Sorry, um, and then the Crimson Crown as well. But I think Archeon, Archeon gives you the command points as well, doesn't he? Yeah, Arche Archeon does. Yeah. Uh, as long as Archeon's on the table, you get yourself a command point in your yeah, hero exactly. phase as yeah, well. Exactly. So you've got, um, you got plenty of, plenty of be benefits there. But so, so what what there is is that that, that those 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 list synergies that work together. It, it, essentially, you're double downing on what Archeon can do, and, and that's fine. But then it's then you then you have to consider how are you then going to manage that on the board. Um, because it's fine just having a big beat stick on the board, but you know you can just say, "Well, I'll ignore it and I'll just score points everywhere else." Um, but then it's all about controlling your opponent, and so this is where the four units come into play. Um, um, where can I just pause you before you get into that point? Yeah, sure. Um, I just one quick call out, like get a drink as well. Um, the other cool thing as well with Archeon is obviously um, he ignores spells. He's got an ability to be able to ignore spells yeah. and endless spells, and he heals as well. And he's always going to be a priority threat. But before you move on, I just want to I, I want to call out this thing. I've seen this discussion happen a few times now, and some people struggle to see the value of a six inch pile in. Um, and it's and it's, oh. it's it's something that's not very common, right? 
Um, some of the Slanish things do six-inch pile-ins. Uh, Daughters of Cain has the, the Sisters of Slaughter who do a six-inch pile-in. And the Bloodthirst of Unfettered Fury's command ability allows Corn Demons, Holy Within, within 16, to double, uh, sorry, to pile-in within six. In your opinion, why is that important? Why is that such a good ability? And, and like, yeah, why, why, why is that? So I, I two main points. Um, one being um, no dice rolling, being in a main speed, and you can run. So you've got the security of not rolling that double one. Which You're not going to fail the charge. Like, you yeah, basically, exactly. you don't have to fail the charge. You don't have to spend a command point to re-roll the charge. Yeah. It's yeah, just a yeah, guarantee. You're, you're guaranteeing. And, and, and with the, the ability to auto-run six um, gives you a guaranteed threat range. Um, and some of the stuff like the blood letters aren't very quick. So at the point you then start moving them 11 inches and then piling them another six, instantly your blood letters have gone from movement five to, what's that, 11 15? I'm not doing the maths right there, am I? No. Uh, too early for me to do maths. Too right. late for me to do maths. So five plus six plus six, what's that? <laughs> 17, there we go. Uh, yeah, you got there. <laughs> so, 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 so when your opponent is looking at the battlefield, they're going, oh, those bloodletters can get there. 17, that is their threat range. I can't, you know, so, so you can control board. If you can control board, you, you, you're on to a winner. Um, and so that that's why it's so important. The, the other thing is activation. Um, uh, so you, you're sort of controlling when things are fighting. So you can go, right, Archeon's going to, you know, so if you were done your normal phase where my bloodletter's charging, Archeon charging, I'm a Reaver's charging or whatever, and I've got three attacks, I go with Archeon to kill something, and then I'm like, oh, well, you're just going to pile in and kill my bloodletters. So, or am I going to... Do the blood letters and then take damage on Archeon. And, and, and so what this does is again doubling down on controlling the combat phase where I go, right, Archeon's piling in. Bang. Okay, he kills he kills whatever he does. Because if he's buffed up, the likelihood is he's gonna kill whatever's in front of him, or it's gonna be in, in such a such a bad state, it's not gonna be able to fight back. Um then you're like, okay, your opponent's turn to to pick a model to fight. Oh, you've got nothing to fight. Okay, my blood letters are now going to pile in. So you're you're not getting hit, or you're getting to be able to fight first. So it's a bit it's a bit like a poor man's always strikes first for like an Ivanith version, isn't it? But it's just a different way of managing it. Managing it. Well, speaking of Ivanith, the other call out I'd make is that you can avoid any of those start of combat abilities, right? So if someone has, I always strike first at the start of combat, or um. Uh, like 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 Deepkin is a perfect example. Round three, traditionally, they they spend all their command points and always fight first. Yeah. But if you're not in within three inches, you you're not going to get hit back, and yeah. you know you've really reduced the the risk of damage, and you get to choose the the terms of battle. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So just like, I, I just wanted your opinion on it because I, for some people they don't see the benefit of a six inch piling, but then when you start to do it, you know, so many opportunities get unlocked and. You see why this CP, you always want to have a CP ready for this. That's that's the reason for the Crimson Crown. Without 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 shadow. It's just like, you know, this is, you know, it's it's yeah, it's it's key. It's key, it's key. Again, on paper, when you look at when you're flicking through the book, you're going, Oh, I'm a corn army. You look through the book and go, I want to re-roll charges. Great, great for corn if you want to be doing right re-rolling charges from other artifacts. Feels very corny. Plus one allowing things running charge, all sorts of things like that. But you know. Why would Corn want an extra command point? 
this is the reason why. And and, it, and I struggle to take other artifacts. Maybe maybe it's too good. I, I don't. Or maybe the other ones aren't good enough. Um, I don't know. Um, that it's but yeah, it's so key. Uh, th thank you for that. Thank you for that. Just just for anyone who who needed to hear why six inch piling is great. But you're about to tell me about your thirty blood letters and your three units of ten blood reavers. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's, it's th those bits there are all about protect protecting your assets um, and controlling board space. So I would, and, and then and then linking onto that is controlling the double turn or the turn order. Not necessarily controlling the dice roll, uh, but controlling what happens. So essentially, you know, my, I did have a normal setup with this list and it was very rarely different. Um, sometimes it was depending on who I was playing against. If I was playing against another really aggressive army, which like, like I've never, is always a good example where but they want to put you on the back, back foot of turn one, Uruks, who will just, but they want to charge at you, Bosch, just try and take you out of turn one, those kind of things. This here um, uh, essentially creates layers of defense. Um, and with the six inch piling, if you work it well, you can you can double down on that again. So I would very often have my blood reavers just in a long, in a, I should go like that, long line in front of my army. So they were front, absolute front and center of my 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 army. I then have the blood letters, in a, usually in a long line or a big hob behind all of those blood, 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 uh, blood reavers. Usually, you know, so, so you know, normally, you, you know, when you set it up, you're like, oh, they're going to be two and a half, two, two point six inches away. So if you charge blood reavers, my my blood letters compile into you, that kind of thing. Yeah. If I needed to be super protective, I would have them five inches back, because then I could pile in with the bloodthirster, uh, use the bloodthirster's command ability. So different ways to control. But it's creating layers, layers of certain. So, so let's, you know, I think it's best off just going through the processes. So, say for example, you're going second as the corn player. Your opponent's got a really fast, hard hitting army, uh, and they're going first. So, if they've got not much shooting, they charge in and they kill your blood reavers. Okay. Then it's my turn to attack, and I pile in with my blood letters. And then if I set it right, I can pile in twice with them. So they're going to think twice about attacking with the uh, going for the reavers because they're just going to get counterpunched uh, by the blood letters. Um, on top of that, I'm getting blood tie points because you're killing the reavers. Um, uh, so so it's a, it's like a, yeah, they're there to die anyway. That's that's their sole purpose. So they're dying to protect my army and to give me blood tie points. So you're um, not you're, you're not really tight. I mean, and you know, like Dark Feast is going to help wrap, you know, give them a little bit of a boost, right? Like they're they're, they're going to go out dying and swinging at the same time. And, oh yeah, I think, um, I think, I think four attacks each or something really with the banner. Uh, it's something, I think it's yeah, because you get plus because Dark Feast is going to give you plus one attack for uh, the Blood Reavers while they're within range of the Slaughter Priest, and it does gonna it's going to lower your drops. You know, the Slaughter Priest, the Blood Stoker, yeah. and up three to six units of the Blood Reavers. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because I know. Even back in the day with my free people, I would always have a line of guardsmen and yeah. then behind that would be hand gunners. And my hand gunners would shoot, you know, if you end within three inches. And people would always second guess hitting the guard because they know they're going to drag in the hand gunner ability. Yeah. You're just replacing it with the melee focus of the blood letters going yeah. in and then just cutting and, sick. And, and, I, and, I, and I, although the blood letters are pretty fragile, you know, they can do more wounds. So you can't, you know, that threat is, is, is always there. And, you know, if you're, if you're piling into blood letters, you know, and, and, and they're go, going to you maxed out, you know, they're going to hurt no matter what, no matter what happens. And, and if that is the case, if somebody does that, then, then you've got a, what's the, 
the, the, the 24 inch right movement of Archeon who can then reposition himself. Um, so if that happens, you then got the potential to be then on the double turn. So if your opponent goes first uh, and, and they charge into the Reavers, you know, you can fight with the players. Then it's your turn with Archeon. He then has essential free reign about where he goes and what for, what he goes into. Um, and then you've also got the chance to get the double. If your opponent does exactly the same, you know, if you're, if, if so, so switch it up. If the corn go first, they're not going to get into combat first. But people might get scared because Archeon has got that massive long 29-inch threat range. So people might go, if Korn go first, he might just YOLO Archeon and kill my most important unit. And and he can. You know, if he gets all those buffs off, he can be, you know. So some people will go, I don't, I don't know if I can let that happen. Now, I very rarely did that. And I don't think that would work anyway. But it makes people second guess and it makes people do something they may not want to do. So it's making them do something. And if, and, and that, that's another aspect of the game, isn't it? If you don't make your opponent do something, they'll just do what they want. So yeah. the, the, guess what you're doing, then so be it, you know, so, so it's making them make that decision about not going for, because they may, yeah. so, so if you went first as corn, you would then go, right, okay, my army is just going to creep up the board, like, I don't know, six inches to eight inches of the board. I'm now in the center of the board with my big block with Archeon, who's practically in the center of the board as well. So then your opponent has still got that decision. Do I go into that Reaver hub? To, to go into the blood letters um, uh, to then have Archeon potentially double turn me next. So it's using those layers and the threat of everything else to control the the, 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 the way of the game and the flow of the game. Whether, no. whether, or, not, whether or not newer books are going to impact on this list design, like, like say England, we've been locked down and, and as much as I love TTS, I struggle with it. It's just it's just not the same, is it? You know, whether or not newer books will just counteract this really easy by shooting it. I, I you know, that's where I would struggle to sort of really answer you just through you know, lockdown and lack of playing and lack of, you know, with you know, with the with the, the Luminous particularly. Um, it's hard to say, but, you know, the tactic still works and, 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 the, and, the, and the, the method behind it is still kind of valid. No, it's and, and you know, again, the game is constantly evolving, right? You know, soul blight's coming, you know, who knows what's coming. Like the meta changes so often. And I think that's why it's always nice to revisit these types of topics. And then you as the listener can go, right, well, my meta has uh, like in Australia, for example, I haven't seen the Lumineth 80 archer blocks. I haven't seen anyone actually run them in real life. And I'm going to a tournament literally uh in two weeks, two days' time, and none of those oh, Lumineth man. armies None of, the, like none of those armies are running the 80 archers. No. But in your meta, it might be super um, uh, Ogre Moor tribes and Iron Jaws, and they are hitting you in turn one. So thinking about your meta and thinking about um, how you adapt to that is always going to be different. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, always keep that in mind and that the meta always evolves. Um, one one final question while before we move into the next list, which came from the chat, was... Um, was that Reapers of Vengeance list uh, designed to put pressure on your opponent in turn one and turn two? Or do you find it's kind of more of a, a late game sustainability list? Or like, what's your what's your rationale behind this? I think, I think a bit of both. I think, I think with the speed and the threat of Archeon and being able to, you know, essentially run and pile in, you've got that, that long range threat. Um, so I think, but my experience is, 
actually you win the game by the late game <clears throat> just through uh, and and with that list sorry just to sort of add on to that that particular list i used more summoning because it is pretty low model count you're right one of the weaknesses of that army is four five units right you know let's ignore the the, the little characters the support the three three support yeah. characters and even the bloodthirster in itself i i wouldn't i wouldn't even go a bloodthirster out of um uh, the bloodthirster battalion i wouldn't class them as significant combat threats they're okay you know but uh, it's not anything i would want to rely on so this list here i would use summoning a lot because it allows you to replace the models the scoring points uh and and so essentially that's where my turn four five would win me the game because i'd be like right i've got i've got my blood type points my army is practically dead and i would find actually people enjoy playing against this army because at the end most things died i usually killed them they usually killed me and i kind of won through attrition through summoning little bits like that so people really enjoy playing because they just kind of fight they're going to scrap do you know what i mean and, uh, I, I played Matt Campbell a lot, who is very notorious for his um, for his corn, and it's an honest game. It's, it reminds me a lot of Iron Jaws. Is um, it, it's a saying that you know, no no tricks, just fists. Like it's just get in there, punch your opponent, things die. You know, not a lot of not a lot of tricks. There's no you know no late game shenanigans. Uh, although although at times a few people have actually, although it's not in this particular list. Um, yeah, anyway, regardless, um, there's some cool things that you can do with this. Um, and, hey, you could always flip it over into other books as well or tap into other things like in Wrath of the Everchosen uh, should you want to try something different. But thank you for that. Now, the second list, uh, I'll write down the timestamp, is a Gortide list. And I haven't seen a lot of Gortide previously. So I'd be curious no, to no. hear what your thinking behind Gortide is. It's just... I don't know. It feels like everyone went Reapers of Vengeance. Like that, that seemed to be the thing. Makes sense, doesn't it? Just totally makes sense. Now, now I, I I put this list in merely as a starter point. So, if you're talking about you know if you're making a list and you're going, where do I start? Now, this is the kind of list of this is where I would start. So, is this list tried tried and tested? No. Is this where I would go? Right. This is my starting point. And and then I would build upon this. And you know, I've written this list, and 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 that there are ways you can improve it already. Whether or not it actually works, you just need to try it. Like go, that that the Archeon list on paper, I don't think it looks very good, but it's when you add all those little bits together and how it intertwines with each other, um, and you only get that through sort of practice and um, perseverance. So I put this list in here. And, as, as, as a go, okay, right, if we're going to try something different, because there's no point just whack, cracking the whip about Reaper's Vengeance, because I'm sure people want to hear other options. Um, and I haven't done it for the other two, um, more of a time constraint, really. But when I when I was starting my corn list, I did try Gortide, and I tried it with a big block of Blood Warriors. And I thought, because that's an interesting, interesting take, because they do are really, really good, um, and they worked well with Gortide um and, and and again i look at the command traits the artifacts the command abilities and the, the abilities about how how you can maximize those synergies within the list um and and where i looked at it especially for an msu list i, I think you, you, your mindset then has to change for this kind of list is like am i going to be punching the opponent so hard they're not going to be able to get back up with this list no i don't i don't think it i don't think it will 
Um, is it stronger at the moment? No, I don't think it is. But with changing of meta, especially with AOS three around the corner, you know, you know, the likelihood is is smaller boards coming into play. So uh, units that are, are slower are going to get a benefit from that, aren't they? Um, and and you know, foot corn will definitely see those benefits. Um, so I really like so so I, again this then the list that I've designed with this is definitely MSU. So you're then use, utilizing that blood type coin more. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of like this is an interesting sort of like take on you know how do you make corn mortals work, uh, and I don't think you can solo make them work. I think you do need to always have a bit of both. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've got a you've got a heavy into one side demons and mortals, but as you showed in the previous list, you've still got some mortals in a demon build. So, but you don't want to you don't want to go a 50-50 split. You probably do want to have a 70-30 split maybe where you've got majority of your points in one keyword to maximize synergy and, yeah. and support. Um but talk to me about gore, gore tide. So you're going to get yourself uh, an artifact that's going to ignore modifiers, both positive and negative, uh, for save rolls for attacks made by this model. Curious to see where you put that um, in your list. Yeah, that, you got that, yourself. I, yeah, yeah, that went on um, the. I think it was a simple choice, really. That went on the um, the general. Um, don't uh, ruin Christmas. They haven't seen the list yet. Sorry. Oh, no, they I'm haven't got to, the yet. Sorry, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to build hype. I'm trying to go, oh, oh I, wonder, I wonder where it is. Clearly, I know. I've, I've built the list. I see it. Um, uh, but, you so, know. Yeah. So, so again, again, this artifact is a bit of a tax, I would say, a little bit. But it's like, okay, it's a tax. How do I make use of it? If you've got something, you know, sometimes you just go, that character's got it. They're never going to use it. Why bother? Um, but you know, my my head is like, I, I need to use this. I, you know, so anything anything with a three up save, that would be useful on, um, because it just makes something just a little bit more. Tangible. Yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, so, yeah, you, you'll, you'll save two out of three times um, if you're ignoring your modifiers. Um, you got yourself the Tyler's Conquerors. Yeah, my throat's going. Uh, you can re-roll wound rolls of one for attacks made by friendly melee weapons for friendly Gortide mortals uh, within twelve of an objective model. That's an interesting. That's an interesting interaction. Um, and then you got your you got your command ability. So uh, what's that? So run rolls uh, when you make a command ability before you make a run roll for one friendly uh, blood reavers or blood warriors uh, within sixteen. You uh, treat it as a six. So okay, but you can also run and charge still. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so it's still it's still only affecting one model within sixteen, but it's then activating the run and charge ability as well, which is um, pretty point. sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the key point. That, 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 I mean, that is because ultimately, you, you know, with the new rules, you, you can always run six uh, with the with the command ability. Um, so yeah, so it's a bit of a, a bit of a misnomer, really, isn't it? Because if you wanted something to go six you would always go you know you'd, you'd, you'd use the command ability but it's the run and charge which yeah, makes but it's also work. but it's also the extended range of a 16 normally you know you'd be restricted to six or 12 so even yeah. just getting an extended um a couple of inches for the run will be will be helpful yeah yeah totally, um, totally. is there anything in particular that you're building around out of these four or is it much like reapers where they're all got a a place in your list i i None of these, none of the, you know, what what drew me to this one was the ability to run and charge. Um, again, just to have board control. 
So that could be things like you, you want to get to an objective marker. So you need, you you know, one of the weaknesses of foot corn is they're slow. So that, that would make it, that would make it work. So, you know, that would be the best one out of all of it. The others are nice additions. Um, uh, uh, you know, re-rolls to it. Maybe it should be, re you know, re-rolls to wound. Uh, re-rolls with a one. Mm, all right, it's, 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 it's okay. I guess a lot of things are wounding on threes in the in the corn book anyway. So it's nearly a re-rolls, isn't it? Yeah, like it's, it's a, the diminishing return when you start re-rolling ones and twos and uh, <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's okay. Uh, and and I, I will say, I haven't said it in this particular episode, but I say it in every episode. This is not the holy list. It's not like the one list that will rule them all. Season to taste. And um, someone was talking in the chat earlier about Scarbrand. You know, you could put Scarbrand in Reapers of Vendance. You know, you could put in Bellacore. There's so many things that you could tweak and modify, you know, to your, to your style, to your taste, to your meta. Uh, but it's always good just to hear how people are connecting the rules into their list building. Which brings us to list two, which is the Gortide list. So this is different. You made me go three columns instead of two columns. <laughs> You're a jerk. Um, what have you got? You've got the, the Lord of Corn on Juggernaut. Yes, I haven't seen one of those in ages. Um, so you've got the models. You've got, oh, it's such a cool model. The he's, so are so he's, like, he's just going to kick, kick the shit out of you and they look at him. It's just metal. <laughs> like, it's just metal. Like, forget Varengard. Just like... These guys are just absolute machines. Um, you've got your Blood Stoker, you've got your Blood Secreta, you've got two Slaughter Priests. Then you have, oh my gosh, 10 Blood Warriors with Gorax, 10 Blood, uh, blood Warriors with Gorax. You've got uh, three Mighty Skull Crushers with the Ensorcelled Axes. You've got another unit of the exact same loadout, the Mighty Skull Crushers with the Ensorcelled Axes. Two units of Flesh Hounds. 10 Blood Reavers, 10 Blood Reavers, 10 Blood Reavers, 10 Blood Reavers, 5 Wrathmongers. Man, that's, I, haven't, I haven't seen those guys in such a while. You've got the Wrath Axe. got the Wrath Axe. I've never seen the Wraith Axe used on the table, which is awesome. Wow. I haven't, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. But what I have seen in almost every list is those bloody Hex Gorgeous Skulls. I have nightmares about those freaking things. So good. Uh, uh, I, they're, they're the one thing when Archeon went up in points, it was really the only thing I, one of the things I had to lose. And and I, my, the reason I lost them in the Archeon list is because because they, they they sometimes just did nothing. As in as in your opponent just didn't have any magic. Uh, but every now and again they would just bring up trumps and they would just shut down a whole magic phase. But anyway, that's a, that's a solid point. point. For 40 points, they're such good value. They're such good value. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's all about control, isn't it? Like, some people would just be like, I'm just not going to cast any spells. And so, so, so like, it's my 40 points shut down your whole magic phase. Yes, it has. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 it's always the risk of, of doing the, um, the, the eight. Um, and it's, it's the dice roll of eight. Like, you know, it's, forget the modifiers, it's just a flat roll. Um, and by the way, it's 175 wounds. 175 wounds forgetting the fact you can also summon like mm. that's bonkers that's gets yeah, numbers yeah. this is this this now this list is reminiscent of that first list i said about russ playing just with a lot of stuff lots of different threat units that have got different sort of layers again is this the most competitive build i don't know um, will would it need tweaking? I mean, I, I've got ideas in my head. Literally, after I wrote it to you and sent it to you, 
about i mean i did try it where you have the big unit of 20 30 blood warriors um so we work out here you can have 30 but i think it's 520 points uh, it's 30, 30 yeah it's 30 yeah you can have yeah, 30. so so the, again for me i just like look at what synergies what synergies in that corn book make it work to sort of double down utilize in this and and so like in, in this one you've definitely got the lack of a big punch somewhere across the board you, you, you that's where you, and so at that point you then start have to think about control layering um your units um but then obviously how you use your summoning points or your blood type points because that's what is probably going to win you or lose you games your biggest punches are going to come through the skull crushers and the wrath mongers right yeah yeah i think even at that they're, they're good um Big, uh, you know, one might say, why aren't there a big unit six? Tried those. Their footprint is huge and you end up just wasting attacks. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, getting, you know, plus one armor save um, on skull crushers makes them two up armor save super good at that point. Um, they've, got, they've got three up save. I'm not I'm not dreaming that, am I? Uh, the skull crushers? Yeah. Yeah, they went down in armor save. When the book changed, they... They went down in armor save, but they had lost. Was it the five up shrug? There was something they would lost uh, between the books. So three. I think... three. I'm not. I just to, to, you know. I thought it was three. But yeah, no. They're, they're they're you know. Again, they're just like solid. Like again, you don't throw them forward. You you, you layer it up with blood reavers, and you, you develop. You know, all the blood reavers there are just for for blood type points, board control, all of that lot. And it, I mean, it's definitely a little bit more interesting. I, I think. I think this is an example of probably too much MSU. I mean, you could go even more MSU and have five units, four units of five. Okay, I was getting the math right there. Four units of five blood warriors. So you could, you know, you could even go even more MSU. But I, I would probably go the opposite with a list like this and look at, again, having a big block of 30 blood warriors, um, potentially. Because then you start, then you start uh, looking at synergies. So if you add even with ten blood warriors to be fair, or even with twenty blood warriors, you, you, you've got your blood stoker, so they're re-rolling wounds anyway. You've got the blood secretor giving them plus one attack. Then you've got the slaughter priest potentially giving them plus one armor save, and then um, uh, and at that point they're you know just a big block. There's a lot of wounds there. Is that forty wounds to get rid of? Um, that. You know, it's it's not hard. It's, it's pretty hard to get that get rid of that, isn't it? You know, with a three up armor save, and then they can do more wounds on the bounce as well. I mean, it's not many, but it's still it's still something to consider. But then it's also that threat range of putting your opponent on the back foot turn one. So you know, the Stoker whipping them. Uh, so at that point, you're re-rolling to wound with a movement five, six, seven, eight. Um, 14 and then with a charge roll do you know what i mean so their threat yeah. range is really really there isn't it talk to me about the the wrathmongers because they are they're good in combat by themselves i mean they've got two attacks they've got so sorry, they've got four attacks at two inch range and their profile's all right you know hitting on fours wounding on threes and when they die they can uh, attack on the way out but the key to me has always been that crimson haze where you can add plus one attack to to corn units within eight, yeah. Where and they and they don't buff themselves, right? They, that has no effect on no, themselves. No, 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 no. Who, who are you synergizing those wrath monkers with? Is there? Is it the skull crushers? Is it? Um, I mean, because you, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't worry too much about ten 
blood reavers or blood warriors would you or would, would you it, it depends it depends really you know if you've got if you've got your big unit of blood warriors you know suddenly suddenly adding an extra attack from the banner and the wrathmongers um you know again again it's looking at that you know i i think i would use them more defensively i definitely wouldn't you know and and you and it's hard with corn with your foot troops you know you do want to put your, you do want to push forward and that's probably one of the downsides to this list is that you know if you push forward you can get take yourself out of buff range so that's what you just have to consider there but the wrathmongers being like just sitting in the center of your army uh, being able to move uh to, to to where needed you know if you've got 20 blood warriors with you know three up armor save with plus two attacks each because the banner's there uh, with plus one armor save you know I think the unit of 20, they've got two blood blood axes that have, you know, damage two, rend one. They've got, how many attacks is that? You know, it's, you know, it's, they've got two or four attacks, eight attacks. You know, it, it starts, you know, you, 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 at that point, you're doing a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Um, and, and that's probably where, you know, you would utilise them. Again, that's something, you know, if you're, you know, again, go back to this list that when I made it, I was very much like, this is where I would start. Um, uh, so the, that's what I would use with the Wrathmongers. Would it actually? Would they get that benefit in game when I actually play with them? Maybe not. So what I do when I'm making this, I'm going right. This is a unit I'm not sure. So this is my question mark unit. I think the tactic works, but I'm not sure if it does. So then in my back of my head was if it doesn't, I can then transfer that and change the list up a bit slightly and go. Actually, I'll, I'm going to take 30 Blood Warriors because the 140 can go into another unit of 10 blood warriors and for 30 blood warriors i think it's 520 points so i'm actually you know saving myself points getting more wounds on the battlefield and creating a big block so maybe changing the dynamic of the army a little bit but that's where i always go like you know is it going to work in reality um or is it just like another threat unit you know it's utilizing utilizing them you know in multiple different ways so yeah i think I think you're going to remember as well, folks, is um, there are some scenarios that have six objectives or five or even eight. And many lists aren't, when they see a scenario with something like six or eight, often they don't have enough bodies to be able to go for, for or, or hold and attack for objectives. And, you know, there's certain trade-offs here. You know, you've got enough bodies to leave in the backfield to screen if there's going to be summoning to lean on home objectives while your force moves forward on your opponent's objectives i think but to your point you know do have you gone too heavy on the msu um and obviously you can tweak and modify accordingly and you know bundle the blood warriors into a big block of units and things like that one thing i, I we didn't really talk about that i really want to talk about is um and again matt campbell um was the one who kind of brought it back to my attention because he loves it with his tyrants of blood is those flesh hounds and i think now is a good time for you to reconsider flesh hounds in your list um, with those collars of corn, um, and that's why is that one? That's, yeah. that's that's why they were like I, I wanted to go real mortal heavy, but again, if you go heavy with anything in that corn book, I think you miss out on a lot of stuff, um, and and that's why those flesh flesh hounds. Again, then they're, they're not they're not the worst in combat. Um, uh, they've got a bit of a shooting attack, but you know you've still got the you know the the, the, the ten wounds, although it's five models. You know, so they're not they're not that they're not at all that bad actually. Um, and also, I, I think you're always going to have them in your summoning pool. 
So I think you're always going to need them at some point. Yeah, at minimum, I would say have them in your summoning toolbox. Like you've got, you want to have the minimum, uh, especially if you see yourself like against a summoning army, like uh, a magic army. And what I love about them is the fact that they can unbind a spell a turn. They can dispel an endless spell a turn. And if there's a unit of 10 or more, 10 or more of them, um, they get to add plus one to their unbinding and dispelling role. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just a nice little uh, annoying little unit. Um, and then, you, you know, you start to synergize them with your, with, you know, making people re-roll their spells or uh, auto, auto dispelling with a blood tie. And uh, you can be a real pain in the ass to a, a magic opponent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, I think, um, I, I think with the, 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 the flesh hounds themselves, that they just, they just fill a lot of roles fill a lot of roles like being able to fight twice with them um isn't isn't bad as well because they've got a lot of attacks and and it's just you know those again wrathmongers plus the stoke oh, actually i think the secretor only does mortals now doesn't he i think so let's let's assu- let's assume so the chat will tell us otherwise mm, yeah uh, again uh, uh, you yeah. know how dare you not know every war scroll with every word uh, and every ability after not, uh, not playing an event for, for oh, COVID has a lot to answer for. Um, so, but like, and this, and this is, is kind of like, in the... Nurgle. we're talking about corn. Don't want that Nurgle. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, I think the other thing as well with, with the, with the, the end of the spells here, there's a lot of, there's a lot of threat, a lot of little, 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 little death by a thousand cuts kind of threat. Where, where does this list lack? Is that, that killer punch? Um, but I think, it, you know, you would want to try and win on scenarios and capturing objectives, controlling board space, stuff like that. And, and again, having layers of stuff, using the Reavers to zone out your opponent. So your better units like Scroll Crushers or stuff you can summon uh, to then, you know, counter punch. Um, so, again, when you look at these lists, I think it's really corn do quite well at layering. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what that I was going to say. It's not like you've put in, um, like, you know, Tyrants of Blood, people are familiar with, you know, Bloodthirsters and, you know, you're just running at your opponent and just, like, punching them in the face. This is certainly a lot more uh, board control, objective play, um, a lot yeah. more nuanced than uh, the, some of the other builds. And I think, you know, we already know what Tyrants of Blood do. This is a different style. And I think it will work as well in certain matchups in certain metas and um is it is it is it is it, is it corn enough that's that's the only question isn't it if you, if you if you're feeling is it does it feel corn enough i think i think i think it works really well when you think about the fact that all of your heroes are quite squishy yeah. um you know and that's been always the challenge with with something like gold pilgrims where majority of your power is coming from these six wound seven wound heroes um they don't have the best armor save in the world and when they start going down uh the, you know the gore pilgrims really collapses you've got yeah. just screen after screen after screen protecting them you don't have a lot of say uh uh screening from things like mortal wounds from range and you know things like that but ultimately it's just waves of bodies that um you can just keep replenishing through summoning and, that, and that's where that's where you then have to play the objective game you, you know that you you have to do that and and that's where your mindset just has to change you have to be, get out of the corn head of i'm just going to kill you to i'm going to try and kill you that's what i'm saying does it is it is it, is it corny enough oh there we go is it, is it is it got that corn element enough and and i don't think it does in that sense but it's got a lot of stuff you know 
Um, you know, again, just going back to the fact that it's a starting point list, you know, you might want to add like Valky is always a good like little MSU like dagger unit. Bosch goes in there, kills something, dies in return. You know, but little things like that maybe is more effective than the the juggernaut, the corn lord on the juggernaut maybe, or more effective than the wrath one because I don't think she's many points anymore. I can't quite remember. What, what about someone like Scarbrand? Does Scarbrand could could he work in something like that to have to, to have that little support? Not even a support hero. Like he 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 could be one of those damage dealers that might complement the the blood uh, the, the skull lane. crushers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Like to be an extra layer, and his base is not that big, so he can maneuver and manipulate and work around all the little screens of bodies. And I guess that's where I would go back to: what is your punch unit going to be? And I and I think that's where that that list there. If I would, the edit I would do would be have that MSU of lots of different things. But if you're going to have a punch unit, what would that be? And Scarbrand is another good example um, of that. Um, or or blood letter bomb, bomb prop potentially you know there's, there's, there's it would require sort of like potentially looking at your current meta about what would be best um, like Scarbrand's pretty slow he's not very quick so you know that might work that he might work as in because you don't need to get him yeah he's, he's going Scarbrand be... doesn't fly that, that's the that's the challenge right he's, yeah. his wings yeah. in the meta or the meta in the law he's been burnt off so he can't use his I mean, wings did he, did he, have i got it right is it did he fall for a thousand years or something like that I yeah. Can't, I can't. Yeah. basically from a rule he can't fly but to what brian said as well in the chat and a very 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 valid point is um, we haven't really dipped into STD. We haven't talked about Slaves to Darkness. We haven't really even tapped into Wrath of the Everchosen. We've kept mostly within Blades of Corn. other than obviously, you know, we had Archeon before. But, you know, like when you start to then layer, you, know, you get this core idea of, you know, Gore Pilgrim's mortal build. You can start bringing in things like the Lord on Kakadrak. You might bring in Chaos Knights. You could bring in a Shrine, all these mortal units that would complement uh, the additional mortals like the Blood Reavers, you know, your, your Secretors and things like that. So however you want to move around and kind of make your own, um, I think the great thing about things like like Chaos in general, like Corn, is that keyword synergizes across the board. And, hey, mm -hmm. you could take the Beast of Chaos Battalion and get yourself some – I don't remember exactly what's in the Beast of, the Beast of Chaos, but there is a Corn Battalion there as well. So you've yeah. got another yeah, yeah. option. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, that's that's it. I've, I've seen people use that one. I think that's quite. It's got some punch to it, especially with some minor tools as well. Yeah, it's definitely got. That's kind of got some legs. I've not. I've not. I've. I've I would. I wouldn't profess to know the answer. No, I don't. I don't, I don't recall exactly what's in the battalion. But again, you've got options. If I think the the point that you've made, Mark, is you've shown two different lists. You've shown two different play styles. Two different ideas, and we can all build around it. You know, strip out X, add in Y. Um, Manipulated seasons to taste, um, and and that's why AOS to me is 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 what what synergies and what tricks link him well and 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 connect with each other. Not just like oh my my slaughter priest does this to that unit and makes that unit work. He's like, well, how does that unit then work with that one? And that you know how 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 do you join the dots together throughout the whole army? And that's that's what I think I really enjoyed with the corn because there was lots of different options and, and probably there are other books out there but that i don't know there was something in particular i think with that corn blood tide table it, it, enabling you to just to just to respond to a game rather than going well i've lost this game because i can't deal with that it's like well the corn book can go well i can deal with that um 
Um, just as a as, as, uh, to point out a really interesting example, um, and it's not not again I play against, but it was a, a Blood and Glory event where Russ had a Russville and Tom Worsley, two very prominent players of the UK scene. Uh, Tom had brought the the uh, the bridge list with the. Uh, uh, he was playing. He was playing Tempest. Uh, that was it. Hello Heart. The, Hello Heart. That was the. It was just I like, remember, yeah. absolutely every game. It was just like one turn I win, one turn I win. Russ had a corn army, and it was it was like a it was a really there we go. You've summoned him. You've summoned him. We've we've mentioned his name three times. It's like Biggie Smalls. You say it in the mirror three times, and Biggie Smalls turns up. Uh, I can't, Russ I can't, I can't up. say anything nice to him now. Is here, can I? <laughs> Let's pretend he wasn't. Oh, I'm going to boot him. I'm going to boot him. So uh, so what happened? So it's Russ versus Tom Morsley. You've got I think it was Hallow Heart. It was the first bridge Hallow Heart um, shenanigans we saw from cities. But but Russ 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 did something really uh, like what can he do? And he, and he went right. Okay, so this Swiss Army like the likelihood of Russ winning that game was pretty low. However, Russ was like, this is what I'm going to do. And and I mean he'll probably tell us in the chat. Uh, but it was trying to get a blood type point to auto auto dispel something, and it, it was to summon the bridge. I think it was. Uh, and so he needed he needed that blood type point, and I, I can't I can't you know the, the, the nuance I can't remember. But what Russ did was try and kill his own units to get a blood type point, um, or, or something of that nature. But it just showed like okay, Russ is trying, and 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 this blood type point that that you know the meta. What go on again? Meta was like switching like like you know the books were so far apart rules wise, you know. But he tried, and 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 that. Blood type point allowed him to try and compete. Where without it, he was never going to win. So Russ is just calling out that he killed his own reavers with yeah. a judgment, to, so he could, you know, unlock the the, uh, the auto dispel. Because uh, that was often because um, that was that was Hallow Heart. Hallow Heart allows you for a CP to take a damage to I think a Hurricane or a Luminarch, um, and you could get up to D six in addition to your spell casting. So yeah. I remember here's a here's a funny corn story. I played a corn. Uh, opponent monica um she's super awesome she reckons she's the mother of Scarbrand. absolutely loved my game at this tournament and I, I was playing hello heart and i rolled a 16 or a, it was like a 16 on a spell cast i think it was like it doesn't matter what it was it was like i rolled a 16 but the irony was i rolled an eight um i rolled an eight plus all those buffs um so she ended up auto unbinding me because i think i was around hex gorgeous skulls or i can't remember what it was exactly but um she kept me honest by my, my me rolling my eight so you i think that's the key thing about corn is that you're never out of the game um there's always a toolbox tool both an ability and a summon that you can bring in to even the playing field or respond to your opponent um don't go in with you know i'm always going to summon blood letters i'm always going to do this and do this really look at the table and go right which of these abilities which of these units would best serve my purpose in winning the game scoring objectives retaining killing uh yeah. stopping my opponent from doing that key thing like a bridge yeah and and, and i did um uh i played against uh it was a south coast gt that the same one uh i think where i came i can't remember was it ninth or sixth i can't remember uh, uh, but I played it on the Warhammer TV screen, and I played against an Ideneth guy, and he had, he, you know, I, I think he put his early doors. I lost Archeon, like he put he put plus four attacks on nine eels, killed Archeon, and it was like game over, game over. But 
the blood tithe point just allowed again it was probably one of my best games of aos you know you got your top 10 haven't you this was definitely up there uh and i i remember playing it and, and i won by losing and i lost archie on like turn two um and and there was a trick that i did uh using the whippy dude um to then move a hero the whippy dude moved a hero literally yoloed a hero across the battlefield to be able to then summon five bloodletters to claim an objective off uh, a thing and it's just little things like that like without 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 you know without the summoning i wouldn't have won uh, and, and and the dude i was playing against just didn't see that coming and it was that long range sort of like running running uh, with plus three inches and, and, the, and the, the single hit i think it was a slaughter priest ran across the board you know a movement five he ran six with plus three, then summoned 12 inches. And I was able to get like five models to take the objective off, off the mod. And he just, it was just like, I didn't see that. And, and, and that just clinched the game. So it was just all of those little bits, just let you compete. And, and it's yeah. just, you know, it's really the, 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 so exciting. There are a lot of fun. And I'm going to add one final corn story before we kind of bring this home and you can add, now I'm thinking about it. I've had such great games against Corn. I played this one particular guy, Stephen, at a tournament, and I was playing with my gits, and he put Scarbrand into 60 gits, and he rolled sixes like they were just like <laughs> – like he might as well just put sixes on the table. Scarbrand killed uh, 56 goblins in a single round of combat. Um it was amazing, but then I used a CP inspiring presence. I had fanatics in that unit, so I was freaking out. Uh, and then fanatics come out and, and pwned Scarbrand. But that was a pretty fair trade. It was a pretty fair trade, killing like almost sixty gits um, with their nets, causing minus one to hit. So those those mortals just coming out were just brutal. So I guess the final question I've got for you to kind of bring this home. And I was getting late in the UK, and I've got to start work uh, very shortly. But like. Corn seems like just such an amazing army, and we've already talked a lot about this. It's a toolkit army. Uh, you've got a lot of abilities both within Blades of Corn, within Wrath of the Everchosen, within Slaves to Darkness, and, and leveraging the keyword. So whether you stay within Blades or you chunk up a little higher and look at the Corn keyword across all the different books, Beasts of Chaos is another example where you can get the the Corn um, keyword. There's a lot of tools to respond to the meta, and I think as an opponent. And as a player, the armies with these deep books, you know, Cities of Sigmar is a perfect example, and Chaos seems to keep you around a lot longer because you can respond to the meta. You you, you can alter your list very easily where Iron Jaws, there's only so much altering you can do in Iron Jaws. So what is it that you've learned? What is it you enjoyed? What's some of the things that you've kind of picked up over your time that maybe you haven't already shared uh, about Corn to kind of bring us home? Um, I think I think you're right. The flexibility to have one book and go. Right, there's lots of different options here with different different play styles. It, it does lack the shooting, but I don't. I just, I, I, it's not a problem to me. I'm, I'm not, I, I don't feel like I've lost something. Um, and, you know, without you know, you know, the, the, the Swiss Army nice ability of it, it, it is 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 so. To, to, it makes for enjoyable games where you just don't go. Well, I've lost this one. And like using Russ, Russ's game as an example, where you know he was like these, but he had an idea, um, and it worked. Well, it, it nearly worked. Um, but yeah, I, ju- I just think I, I think the, the 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 ability to have demons as well as mortals, like combining them into one. So you just you just got a lot there, haven't you? Um, and, and you know, I, I would go as far to say it's probably one of the better, more balanced books 
out there internally um games workshop have written i mean it's had one of the most incarnations so that's one thing to sort of like to, to bring out i think it's had three or four different books we had the first book and then you had the expansion of the um uh there was like there was like the mortal expansion yeah and then yeah. they kind of wrapped it all up together so this book is still almost three years it's one of the older books i think it was come out in 2019 so it's one of the older books um yeah yeah to- totally but but i think i think that in itself is, is an example of good internal balance um because it's had so many different incarnations so it's had a lot of work done to it and um, it hasn't had a lot of faqs I think that's that's the key here is that like a lot some other books where you've got to look at your supplements and your FAQs, this is this is not very heavily FAQ'd. So it no. seems like it's in a good spot. I, I I think it is. I mean, I, I'd like to you know if if um, uh, Nurgle allows us to be play more, it would be interesting to see how it responds to the current meta um of, of, of the of the current game um you know when you get an old book still going i'm still i'm still i'm still i'm still in there boys but you know it's, it's at so the same time play. like look look at look at nurgle right like all it's taken with nurgle right one wrath of the ever chosen has been really helpful for to them but then also recently in broken realms techless um they got an update to sloppity Piper and they got the update to the scrivener's and the beast of nurgle um and Sloppy Barpiper has really changed the way demon models in Nurgle are now mm. moving away from being pure Black King focused all the way into now how do I tap into my Nurgling styles with the Sloppity Fart meta. Um, who knows what's going to come down the line? Who knows if there's like one War Scroll, you know, Valkyria gets some, uh, you know, Valkyria is one, uh, one of the older sculpts. What happens if she gets a, a I don't want to say Bellacord because... Uh, I think some people were expecting yeah, Bellacord good, to be though. like 600. Like, you it's know what I mean? Like all it t- but like all it's, well, what Bellacord is, like I think people were thinking Bellacord is going to be a 600-point model uh, and supercharging. But if Valkyrie got an update or if, you know, if Scarbrand got an update, what would that be? And, you know, the game changes, but... Yeah, 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 t- totally. It doesn't, it doesn't take much to sort of like tweaks, Um uh, to, to to make to, to change the element of the army like, like like if i were to look at tweaks now for the corn i think it needs a bit more rend um yeah. you know that, that's you know and, and and a bit more speed um yeah i was just, I was just reading the chat saying that that, that people saying that 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 corn this isn't very good no it probably isn't i mean um, piece of chaos in general aren't very good let's be real um, no, yeah, but yeah, we're yeah, saying yeah. the option is there we're saying the option is there we're not saying it's a good option we're just saying it's an option yeah 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 and i think i think that, that that's key sometimes sometimes that makes for sometimes what you can do is is, is get those sort of left to center like like lists where people are like i didn't see that coming i wasn't prepared for that so people you know sometimes like like double like change where, where you get this book with so many different choices if you bring something people aren't prepared for and they go, oh wow, okay. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting an Idenef list, a Slanesh list, a thingy list. And you brought this corn foot list. My army then can't deal with that. I'm not saying that's the case, but that just gives you that option there, doesn't it? No, I like it. I like it. I think again, uh, with the tools that you have, um, there's a lot of options. You can, I think, uh, as we've talked a lot, there's a lot of units that could be revisited. A lot of units that should be reconsidered. And put fresh eyes on. Don't just try to pick up an old list and try to bring it into corn. It's like, right, 
We've got a new meta. We've got magic dominance. We've got um, different scenarios, depending on when the last time you picked up your corn army. I think for some people, they haven't picked it up for a number of years. So, you know, re-look at the game, look at the way that we're playing. Obviously, Archeon, how does new Bellacor come into play? I know Bellacor hasn't had an FAQ at the time of this recording, but how does Bellacor potentially fit in your list or, you know, is there ways to tap into, as people have pointed out, the... Um, all the other things from Slaves to Darkness and, and, and build more, a more cohesive force. But look, yeah. I think we kind of made our key points. Um, Mr. Wildman, there's, there's, no, there's no, so much, there's so much to add, like with that Slaves to Darkness, isn't there? You know, I think, I think for me, that is just scratching the surface looking at that, 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 that Mortal Warriors list is just, that is literally going, what, are the, what else can you do elsewhere? You know, and, and, and the world you're always doing that sort of sense. I know you don't have any content to shout out because your podcast is on hiatus and like you're just a, a, a floating uh, mercenary these days. Um, <laughs> is there any and shout outs you, anyone, well, anyone you want my, to call my out? Event that I'm running. I've got an event, event that I'm running with Liam Jordan. Me and Liam are running War of the Heartlands. We have sold out and we've got a waiting list. I mean, nothing to do with the fact that everyone's had an 18-month hiatus of you know tickets selling out like hotcakes. But we had good sales when we we, we were we were meant to do it in uh, 2020 July, and, and at that point we had about 60 sales tickets, so we did really well there. But we're yeah we're we're, we're doing that uh, with Honest Wargamer um, doing some coverage for us. So that would be my my shout out um, there. That's that you know if you want if you want to get them on the reserve list, there is it's not a big reserve list. Well, well, it sounds. Like, I, I have been to an event that you have partially run. You've been part of the team, and it's always been great. Uh, really enjoyed my experience. I'm sure you're gonna. You've built upon that experience since I, I saw you yeah. last. Me and Liam learned uh, doing uh, Blood and Glory. Just you know, that that was our foundation. And one day I just said to Liam, I said, Liam, do you, you want to? Should we do our own event together? And, and he was like, Yeah, sure, let's do it. And if, if COVID permits, I will be over in the UK, hopefully in 2022 as well. So I've already committed to doing America for uh, Warhammer. And I think the wife and I will come back to England and maybe Malta. So uh, I might see you around the tournament scene, maybe. Nice. We'll work it out. Fingers crossed. But Mark, this has been an absolute pleasure. Go to bed. Thank you for your time. Thank you for everyone who's hung out with us on stream. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have ideas on how you're building your corn or maybe a unit that we haven't spoken about or a synergy that might work well with Reapers or with Gortide or things like that, you know the deal. Pop in the comment section. But, again, uh, thank you all very much. And, uh, Mark, you're a legend. My pleasure. See you, guys. Ciao, ciao. I hope you found that discussion valuable. If you did, give the video the old thumbs up. And if you have a comment or an insight, leave it in the comment section below. The champions over here are my AOS Coach Patreons and YouTube members. So you guys are bloody legends. Thank you for all the support. If you want to know more about the support programs, the links are below down here in the episode description, along with a link to the Discord server, so we can continue this conversation. Until next time, don't forget to name your characters and have a good one.